0: This is Theology and Current Events, TCE, number 42, Homicide in D.C. This is the Padre Peregrino Podcast. My name is Father David Nix. Some of you know this, but some of my friends in the pro-life movement on the East Coast were arrested last week. It has made international news, including CNN and BBC. You can just Google Lauren Handy and BBC or Lauren Handy and CNN if you haven't seen those yet. Before this all hit the media, I was on the phone with them as a friend giving them advice as all these events happened. And I decided to speak out and set the record straight on what the mainstream media has been saying about my friends, my friends in real life with whom I've been arrested for peaceful sit-ins at abortion centers in past years. In this video, I'm not speaking for my diocese. I'm not even speaking for my friends like Lauren who were arrested. I'm just speaking as one of their friends who was talking to them on the phone as all this went down because I had a front row seat to it all. And I want to defend them from the lies of the media and the government since I know the true story which I will now relay to you as best as I can. Last disclaimer before we jump in. I believe teens can listen to the audio if you're listening to the podcast version. But if you're doing the video version, you should definitely watch it before you allow your kids to see it. Also, I'd like to define a rescue. A rescue is a sit-in where we peacefully pray inside of an abortion center until all the women and children are safe or until our peaceful presence is removed by police. I will use sit-in and rescue interchangeably, even though my friends in Red Rose Rescue don't like the term sit-in, but not everyone's used to the term rescue, so I'll use both of those. So I've been praying outside of abortion centers since I was about 16, But in 2018, I started praying inside of them and subsequently get arrested with Red Rose Rescue. The first I was involved with was on the 24th of July, 2018 in Washington, D.C. where I was taken away in handcuffs to a district jail by Metro Police. And my second rescue was on the 13th of July, 2019 in New Jersey. Here, if you're doing the video version, you can see me with Father Fidelis and Will Goodman on the floor next to me. So, Will and Lauren are my friends from Red Rose Rescue, but sometimes they do rescue work outside of Red Rose Rescue. They did a 2020 rescue with a group called Garland 9, and we're going to see how this plays into the story. Okay, so as I said, my friends Will Goodman and Lauren Handy were apprehended by the authorities, but it wasn't the cops like situations with me and Father Fidelis before. This time, this year, just a week ago, it was the FBI, full shiny SUVs, heavy weapons. Why did they come after my friends? Okay, so I'm making this video on the 5th of April, 2022. And as I make this video, the Department of Justice and the FBI just a week ago decided to apprehend my friends Lauren, Will, and Joan, who we'll get to for a rescue or a sit-in they did on the 22nd of October, 2020. Notice that is over one and a half years ago. Here's where you should start really paying attention to the timeline on this video or podcast. Okay, so fast forward from 2020 to just last week, but before the FBI was involved in any raids. It's March 25th, 2022, and my friend Lauren was praying in front of a D.C. abortion center called Surgis Center. It's amazing that all of what I'm about to tell you went down on the Annunciation, and the doctor killing these babies there is called Sant'Angelo. But God is sovereign, whether it's his positive will or permissive will at play. So as Lauren was praying, a bio-waste truck was about to take away dead babies from St. Angelo's Abortion Center called Surgis Center. Now the truck said, Curtis Bay Energy on the side. This bio-waste, leaving this abortion center, is used for electricity in Baltimore. Now if I just lost some listeners because they think that's too fantastical, believing that dead babies make the lights go on in Baltimore, just go research it yourself. Or ask yourself, why is the word energy on the side of a bio-waste truck, namely Curtis Bay Energy, as they take away aborted babies. So Lauren and Teresa asked the driver for one of those boxes that he was loading into the truck. Amazingly, he agreed. He didn't know what he was loading. The two women told him that those babies deserve a proper burial. So he gave them these boxes. Soon after opening these boxes, Lauren texted me, it was about 1:20 p.m. on the east on the East Coast her first of two texts said please call me it's important her second text read we found 110 babies and three of them second trimester and two of them third trimester now I was in California at this time offering a traditional Latin mass for some nuns or in the presence of nuns to God I should say so I didn't get this until 11 a.m. Pacific time now if you're doing the video version and you are sensitive to graphic pictures, I would suggest that you keep listening, but turn away for the next 30 seconds while I talk about what they texted me. Here is what she texted me first. Of course, not that it's any gruesome contest, but you won't see these pictures in any other pro-life media. I'm only saying that so that you know my story is authentic and I'm not just copying it. They showed me this last picture, and they also showed that to a well-known pro-lifer You all know his name, but I won't say his name because he did not give me permission to talk about this. But he pointed out that babies poison in the womb often come out green or blue, or the baby that you can see if you're doing the video version is so pink that he believes it was drowned after it was born. This is one of the babies intercepted by Lauren. Okay, now that's it for rough pictures of violence for the rest of the video. So you can watch again if you were turned away. So let's get back to the timeline. I called Lauren when I saw these texts and we talked about how to bury these babies. Most of these babies got transferred to a mutual priest friend who I know in real life on the East Coast. He buried them on his property and had masses for them. But a few of the late-term abortions Lauren kept, and this is why she's being called a creep in the media. We're gonna talk about why she actually kept them, And again, I was on the phone with her while she was crying talking about this, so I know the real reason. But soon after that event, they contacted another pro-life news agency who apparently contacted the D.C. medical examiner. I was told by one person in Red Rose Rescue that the examiner brought homicide in the media, but I can't confirm that. But I do know what happened next, so we continue in the timeline. On March 30th, again, this is just last week, March 30th, 2022, the FBI apprehended my friend Lauren for her 2020 sit-in. Now, shortly after that, but on the same day, again on March 30th, the medical examiner showed up at Lauren's home to take away the dead children that she just wanted investigated before burial. Now, why would she want investigation for these babies? Dr. Kathy Altman, a former abortionist who later became pro-life, saw pictures of these babies and said to live action, quote, that one appears to be in the third trimester near term and looks like he should have been in a nursery, end quote. And also to live action, Dr. Patty Gibink similarly said via email that this baby boy, quote, looks close to term gestation and is pretty much intact, end quote. Let's look now at the coincidence of this timing of these two raids against Lauren. One was for this 2020 rescue of aborted babies, and the other for her 2022 rescue of most likely infanticide babies, at least extremely late term babies killed. I think of Karl Marx, who said, accuse them of what you were doing and so cause confusion. I think of that when I saw that a DC news station said of Laura's home that it was a house of horrors. Now, of course, if you remember, that's the name given to abortion doctor Gossnell of Philadelphia's refrigerator for the grotesque things, grotesque babies, parts that he had killed. How wicked to say this of Lauren, who was rescuing babies, wanted an investigation into infanticide, and then wanted to bury them, to call this a house of horrors. So again, why did Lauren have these babies in her home? Because she intercepted them from being burned for energy to see if these homicides in D.C. not only broke God's law. We know that they broke God's law. But the question is, did they also break federal law in being postpartum executions? And again, she wanted to make sure that they received a proper burial. But the media made her out to be a creepy anarchist collecting body parts. Now, if you don't believe me that these two raids against her happened on the same day, notice that even Washington Post, which was not favorable to Lauren or pro-lifers, and I will link this in the show notes, the Washington Post wrote, quote, Plain-clothed officers discovered the fetuses Wednesday when they entered a row house on 6th Street Southeast to investigate what police described as a tip regarding potential biohazard material at the location. Around the same time that police were swarming the quiet residential side street, federal authorities announced the indictment of Handy and eight other people in a 2020 blockade, quote. So right there, even Washington Post admits that these two raids against my, f- my friend Lauren Handy happened on the same day. So keeping in mind that Lauren did not ask me to make this video, I have to ask, did the D.C. medical advisor just call the FBI when they saw the age of these babies was going to get exposed in the media? What a perfect trick. Make Lauren to be a creep, keeping bodies, and, by the way, arrest her for a, an event a year and a half ago where, was she violent? No, it was a peaceful sit-in. All they'd have to do is drum up anything in her past as a red herring to hang her on. And since there's nothing criminal in her background, what did the FBI FBI get her on? Saving babies for a 2020 sit-in or rescue. Or, since we can't be the judge of the motive of the FBI, just ask this question. What's the chances the cops went for the babies at the exact same time as the FBI went for Lauren for what they claim was a 2020 crime? Or even better, if she's a terrorist... Why did the FBI wait a year and a half to arrest her? And why does WAPO call these fully grown babies fetuses? The Department of Justice of the District of Columbia released a statement last week saying Lauren and Will and Joan Bell were indicted for, quote, federal civil rights offenses in connection with an alleged reproductive health care clinic invasion in Washington, D.C. on October 22, 2020, end quote. I will also link that justice.gov into my show notes on this. But, you know, it's funny because that same DOJ, the same Department of Justice report, says, quote, Goodman and Bell forcefully entered the clinic and set about blockading two clinic doors using their bodies, furniture, chains, and rope. Now, that's quite an accusation for a sit-in, especially since my friend Joan Bell was 72 at the time. And, by the way, at her arrest last week at her home, she was uh, sickly. 74 years old, and three shiny FBI SUVs showed up to apprehend her like a terrorist. Actually, real terrorists get welcomed by the U.S. under Biden's administration, not arrested. So I take that back. But I will say, if you're working for the FBI or the DOJ and you're arresting elderly sick ladies for peaceful pro-life sit-ins, you have become nothing but the SS for our country that has gone full Nazi and killing the weakest of our members. If being obedient to your superiors was not good enough excuse for man's court like Nuremberg, imagine what this will be like at God's court for you. DOJ and FBI in DC, I admonish you in Jesus Christ to stop siding with child killers and repent before it's too late. Simply doing your job does not cut it. Doing your job will not cut it at your particular judgment and we will all see the role you played in child slaughter at the general judgment. Back to the timeline. You know, last week, my friend Will Goodman, he had to surrender himself to the FBI because they were stalking him in New York City. Why? Again, for saving children from death. And now he has a GPS tracker on his ankle. He sent me a picture of it. The DOJ reports in the same thing I'm going to link in the show notes. If convicted of the offenses, the defendants each face up to a maximum of 11 years in prison, three years of supervised release, and a fine of up to $350,000. So one more question I want to ask, is all of this really about a 2020 sit-in or is this the January 6th against the pro-life movement for uncovering murder in the nation's capital? Possibly not just late-term abortion, but possibly infanticide. So while everyone from CNN to the BBC says Lauren, Lauren was arrested for a quote tip on keeping these body parts, it's a total lie for two reasons. One, she was on her way to bury those babies. And she wanted those extremely late-term abortions investigated as possible victims of infanticide. And two, this quote-unquote tip came from pro-lipers, not pro-aborts. It happened on March 29th, 2022. I was privy to all this on the phone a week before it hit national and even international media. So I promise all of this is to the best of my remembrance. But again, I'm speaking for myself, not Lauren. By the way, Lauren, <laughs> Lauren's a good friend, but we don't see eye-to-eye on every issue. In fact, her organization is called Progressive Anti-Abortion Uprising. And anyone who knows me knows I'm not a progressive. In fact, her website says, quote, We're committed to radical inclusivity while magnifying secular, feminist, liberal, and LGBTQIA+, identifying pro-life voices, especially those belonging to people of color. So clearly nothing you're going to find on my blog. But all of this just goes to show that big media and big government will go after even liberals if they get in their way of their religion of child sacrifice, which is abortion. Finally, to wrap this up, I want to look at the lies in the Washington Post article. The title is the only thing true about it. It says, DC medical examiner has no plans to autopsy fetuses removed from an anti-abortion activist home, officials say. I will link that in the show notes. And by the way, notice that the two major links that I'm giving you in the show notes are from sites Hostile to Pro-Life Movement, so you can check what I'm saying here. Let's look at two misleading sentences in the article I'm going to link there. First misleading sentence. The fetuses were found in the basement apartment occupied by Lauren Handy, a well-known local anti-abortion protester and director of activism for progressive anti-abortion uprising. Okay, the truth is that these dead babies were called in by a tip from pro-lifers, not pro-aborts. And two, another misleading sentence. Wapo says, Ashen Benedict, D.C. police's executive assistant chief of Police, police, told reporters Thursday that the fetuses appeared to have been aborted in accordance with D.C. law, and there doesn't seem to be anything criminal in nature about that except for how they got into this house. Truth of that. Let's look at the truth. Well, the cop certainly said that, that preposterous phrase. But that clearly made the child rescuers to be criminals. So what WaPo and Metro Police is not tackling is that this was possible infanticide, not abortion. And pro-life organizations calling for an investigation on the age of infants being killed is not criminal activity. So finally, the bazillion dollar question is this. Who's going to investigate if infanticide is happening in Biden's D.C.? Yeah, we pro-lifers know God He sees murder of little babies the same as big babies, equally horrible. So I don't really care too much the difference between abortion and, and infanticide. But all of these events show that Biden's administration would rather put put into prison pro-lifers than stop the infanticide in their own district of Columbia. As we enter Holy Week, notice that there is a link between the unborn and the passion of Christ. Matthew 25:40 And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of my brothers, you did it to me. In some sense, a meditation on the innocent dying is a meditation on the passion of Christ. May God bless you and keep you, and please pray for me, and especially Lauren, Will, Joan, and everyone on the front lines of this heroic pro-life movement who may pay very high prices for saving the future of this country, if there is such a future. God bless you.